0: There's nothing better than starting out Christmas blessing people, amen? Amen. I'm telling you, that's what happens, And, and it's so cool. I mean, even if you just went and found out where their favorite coffee shop is, Starbucks, not. But the other coffee shop? And get them just a $10 gift. Just bless somebody. It's better to give than receive. Amen? How many know that? Well, that to me is what Christmas is all about. Because the Father in heaven saw our need of needing to be forgiven. And he sent the Son to bless us. He believed in us when we didn't believe in ourselves. I love that. God wanted to love on us. He created us to love on us. And when we, they fell in the garden, he said, I've got to get them restored. That's what Christmas is all about. The baby in the manger. God incarnate coming to grow to be a man and at age 33, giving his life for us. Oh, my goodness. Christmas is so good. It is so good. Look at me. Look at me, you are. Look with me. (laughs) At point number one, highly favored at Christmas, what is your perception of Christmas? What is your, right, right down there, is it a sad time, a joyous time, a dread? Some people enjoy shopping. My wife, we were going somewhere, and she said, could you take me to the mall yesterday? And I'm like, I am not taking you to Malibu Jacks. (laughs) You're not riding that roller coaster all day like you did the other day. I'm not doing it. She said, no, I want to go because I need to pick up a few more things. So we go out there, and it's packed. It's packed. And I'm with her, and I'm following her, and she's like, okay, I need you to go pick this out. I have it on hold. So, go to this store, tell them, Mason, there's certain things picked out with my name on it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. And I walk in there, and there's a long line. And I'm like, help me, Lord. But then, Bubba was working at the store. (laughs) He really was. And I'm like, Bubba, do you get a discount? He said, only for family, brother. I said, did you just call me brother? (laughs) We are a brother in Christ. Hello? We've had a transfusion from Jesus. It's flowing through us, brother. He goes, I can't do it. That's why he's Bubba from now on. (laughs) But anyway, I got it. I'm just telling you. To get out there is a blessing to reach others, to encourage them, and, and to be with them, and to spend time with your wife shopping. I do enjoy spending time with her and going out there, and she's trained me to shop. She gets me coffee. She gets me food, and she goes, I think you're ready. Let's do it. Luke 1, 26 through 38, in the sixth month, The angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Just in that short portion, the angel Gabriel tells Mary, Mary, Mary you are favored. You have favor. Do you not think if Jesus came to this earth, died on that cross, rose from the grave, that those that are in him do not have favor in him. He cares about you even in your mess. He cares about you when things are going great. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's there. She was highly favored at Christmas. That's amazing to me. And then he goes on to say, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Now, there are people sitting here, or they'll be watching, and they're saying, I know the Christmas story. Every year we go over the Christmas. If that's your attitude, you need to get to your prayer closet. This story should never get old. Can I say that again? God favoring Mary, favoring Joseph, should never get old to a believer in Christ. That is a miracle in itself that he would choose these two, and we're going to look at that today. But it's an awesome description of the truth that took place there. Let's keep reading. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Somebody say, yes, Lord. That doesn't do that to you? And of his kingdom there will be no end. Oh, my goodness. Yes, forever and ever. Forever. There will be no end. That is an incredible statement. He is here, and he's going to be with you and I forever and ever. Man, that should stir something in your spirit. That should stir something in your spirit. How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Oh, my goodness, ladies. Do you know that the age of the typical bride in the Jewish culture when she was betrothed was between the ages of 12 and 14? I think it was so that the men could start training. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Some of the ladies are like, I knew I didn't like it here, and he is really. Between the ages of 12 and 14, that's when many of you got into a lot of trouble. Come on. So, not only is she going to have the son of God, God is so good. He said, your cousin, Elizabeth, who is called Baron, because she's older, she is six months along with a little boy. That is so cool. That is so cool. And remember when Mary went to meet with Elizabeth and she shared what happened? Elizabeth, Elizabeth went, whoa, and she felt the baby leap within her. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't it be so cool to meet John the Baptist? Mm. A little rowdy. He was a kid in the nursery that nobody wanted to watch. He was the kid that stirred it up. It's amazing. Can I tell you a little story about John the Baptist? You've heard this before, but it's, it's very important that you get this. There was a group of prophets, and they had looked at the Dead Sea Scrolls. They had found some of them or, or were guarding them, keeping them. They were called the Essenes. And we know that John's father was a priest, so John should have been a priest, but he wasn't. So that's kind of weird. How could this guy not be a priest because that's what Jewish boys did, the oldest and the only would have done. But John hung out in the desert. We know that. Well, guess who lived in the desert these scenes? These people, this group of prophets that were out there and routing. So remember, John is Jesus' cousin. And John baptizes him, and the dove descends from heaven, lands upon him, and the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he's not done one miracle. John witnesses this, hears this, sees this. Says, I can't even, I'm not even worthy to lace up his sandals. And then John goes to prison because he called out sin in the government. Can I say that again? John went to prison because he called out sin in the government. In leadership in that area. He's in prison, and he sends some of his disciples to Jesus, and he says, go to him and find out if he is the Messiah. Now, he saw that happen when he baptized him in water. He knew that God said these things, but yet when you get in a trial, no matter how spiritual you are, how long you've been with God, if you're not careful, the weight of the trial will change your focus. And they went to Jesus and Jesus said to John's disciples, tell him this, tell him that the deaf hear, the blind see, and then he makes another statement that is not in the Old Testament for the Messiah. He says, tell him that the dead are raised. He raised Lazarus, the little girl. So they go back and they say, John, the deaf hear, the blind see, and the dead are raised. What did that do? Because John most likely had been with the Essenes, and the Essenes had predicted the day that the Messiah would be born. They predicted the day that he would die. And they also said that the Messiah will raise the dead. It's not in the old, but it's in the writings of the Essenes. And if John had hung around them, he knew instantly, this is the Messiah. So cool When, when you think about those things and what's going on. Let's get back. So, what is your perception of Christmas? What's going on with you? Christmas is the greatest celebration around the world. Did you know that? The greatest. They don't celebrate Christmas in Russia until, like, January the 7th. But it's the greatest Celebration. I was just listening to a pastor that pastors in Russia, and he said his daughter-in-law, who is married to his son, his daughter-in-law is Russian, was asked by the city of Moscow in one of their biggest parks to create a live nativity scene with the animals, and they would pay, the government would pay to put it there. Don't forget, there are people in these nations that need Jesus, that do not know him. And he said, as he spoke about Christmas, an elderly man came up to him and he said, that was an awesome fable that you gave today. And the pastor said, What? That was an awesome fable. I've never heard that fable. Who wrote that? And he said, That's not a fable. That is a true story. A true story about the Son of God coming to the earth and making a difference for you. And he was able to share and bring it. I don't care what governments are doing, people need Jesus everywhere. Everywhere. He loves them. Christmas is a time for people to decorate. Set aside times for others. A time for company parties. We were having a staff Christmas party this week, and I took them out to eat. And you would have thought these guys were malnourished. (laughs) Especially Pastor Adam. I've never seen a man eat so much. Any appetizer plate that had extra things, pass them down here. And I loved it. I just sat there and laughed. It's a time of celebrating, amen? It's a time to spend money. Jesus came and he caused quite a commotion. And he still does all over the world. Our calendar is based off his birthday. Christmas is really about the good news, for unto us a Savior is born. It's about taking every day in December and reading the Christmas story to your children and your grandchildren. I was reading it to two of my grandchildren, and they had a 1,000 questions why? 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 And I said, go talk to Amma and ask her. (laughs) You see, this gift that God gave is the most expensive gift that's ever been given in the world. He gave His Son for us. The most expensive gift. I like Psalm 118.24. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But I also like another version that says, this is the day of the Lord's victory. Let us be happy and let us celebrate. Amen. It's a birthday party for Jesus. Jesus. It's good news of great joy for all people. Are you people awake this morning? It's good news. (laughs) Jesus loves you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Jesus is for you. Say amen. Amen. Jesus can be in you. Say amen. amen. You can have a personal relationship with God. Oh, my. Oh, my. I say, oh, my, a lot. And my grandchildren went to Kentucky to see their grandparents. And little Jude, he walking around doing, oh, my. Oh, my. And his grandma was like, where is he getting this, oh, my? And Kirsten's like, my dad. Let me say that again. You can have a personal relationship with Jesus Oh, my. He created us, believes in us, takes joy in us. He made everyone different and everyone amazing. Look at the person sitting next to you and just say, you are amazing. Tell them that. Now, married husbands do not say, oh, it's my night. Don't say that. You are amazing. You see, love, I was thinking about Star Wars. Love is the only force that controls God. Because God is love. Does that make sense? God is love. Okay, so I shouldn't use the word force, but I was just kind of giving you an example. God is love. He is love. He made us so He could love us. Psalm 145 9 talks about that in the NIV. His love is the reason you're alive right now. There are no accidental babies. There's some accidental parents, but there's no accidental babies. You cannot stop his love for you. Ephesians 3:19 talks about his great love. Christmas is the start of that great story. And the steps that God took to redeem you and I. It's amazing. Amazing to me. When you think about Jesus going to the cross and you see his outstretched hands, that's how much he loves you. It's the greatest hug you're ever going to get. It's amazing to me. A message that from the Lord that says, I love you so much. I love you so much, I'm willing to die for you. Now if you've got a 12 to 17-year-old child, don't expect them to die for you. I remember my son telling me at about 11, when I, we were going hunting, he goes, Dad, who's going to get this gun when you die? And I said, well, son, I'm going to give it to you. Any gun I have is going to be yours. And his next statement was, when are you going to die? <laughs> and I said, not for a long time, buddy. And what I thought is, you keep that up. I'll make sure there won't be a gun left. <laughs> so now, what's he do? He just comes and takes them. <laughs> At Christmas, you're not to feel alone because he's right there with you. We had our staff planning session yesterday, and we were meeting and just sharing some of the things that God had done and what we want to see him do next year, and we thought, you know, I told him, I said, we're staying with hope in Jesus, because I feel like this next year, we need that, and, and that'll continue to be our theme, but um, just looking at that and listening to the good things that God has been doing, and, and, and I told him, I said, guys, I feel like COVID, as bad as it's been, has sparked revival in so many people, including myself. I feel like I live in revival. I really do. I'm not a bragger or whatever. I just love God. And I love doing things for the kingdom of God. And I love loving God. And and I love having his joy. I said, I feel like I live revival, not in a, but I just love Jesus. I don't need a special service. I don't need a worship encounter. I don't need a burning bush. I just love God. And he's everything, and his joy is my strength. And I get into his word like I never have before in the last three years and dig it out and meditate upon it. And I'm like, I love living, doing what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, God reminded me of Caleb. And the Israelites are taking, after 40 years of wandering, They're taking back the promised land now. And Caleb, at 85 or however old he was, he looks at Joshua and he says, I want my mountain. I want what was promised to me. I was one of the ten spies with you. We're the only two living. Hello, we should have took it back then, but I want my mountain. And I don't want your help. I'm as strong as I've ever been. I'm a sharp, and I want to go take my mountain. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, if you'll keep pursuing my will, watch what I'm going to do in and through you and through Church Alive. Just keep going after the mountain, Owen. I'm like, amen. 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 I don't get up and dread coming to work. I don't get up and say, oh, no. Somebody's bursitis is bothering them today. (laughs) No. I'm like, let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to touch you. What is your perception of Christmas? Mary's response was, I am your handmaiden. I am your servant in verse 38. And she ends up giving birth to the Son of God. That is so cool. We know a lot of things about Mary from early writings. Things that maybe you don't read in the Bible, but they have been written by the early fathers. Recorded. About her. We know that She gave birth to Jesus. She raised him. She was at the cross when he died because Jesus looked at John. He said, Behold your mother. And he looked at his mother. Behold your son. We know that she ended up moving to Ephesus and became a part of the church at Ephesus. We know that John took care of her there. We know that Mary's parents... From early writings, they were old and did not have a child, and God gave them Mary. We know that Mary's father was employed in the synagogue. He was a a scholar in there, a scribe, and he worked in the town really close to Nazareth. We know that he made a good living. She really wasn't a poor gal because he was skilled. I love that story when Joseph and Mary take baby Jesus, or they take him, he's 12, and they're taking him to the temple. And it was Anna, was it Simon or Simeon? I can't remember. Simeon and And Anna, older folks, Anna had dedicated herself to the temple, so they got working there, and they had waited and prayed and waited and prayed, and they got to see the Messiah. That is so God because of their faithfulness. When Gabriel told Mary she was going to be with child, she did not say, no, not me. Too many of us are saying, no, not me. I've got this plan for you, Owen. I want you to take this step. No, not me. Her question was, how could this be? No, not me wasn't her question. It was, how could this be? And he said, by the Holy Spirit. There's something to be said, parents, about dedicating your children at a young age to Jesus. It's for you. With Mary's father working in the local temple, which was a really nice temple, there is no doubt she learned that the Word of God was so important. That's what her daddy did. She understood all about how important it was to go there, to be a part of that. What you're saying when you dedicate your children is Jesus, I'm dedicating this child to you and inst- allow me to instill in them as much knowledge about you as I can. He was a scroll scholar at the synagogue. Mary saw serving God was very important. We know that Mary later relocated to Nazareth. They lived in Sephorus, where her father worked in the synagogue, but they relocated. Now, Sepphoris was a boom town. It was like a carmel. Herod was like, listen, I want to, he, he, he was like, I want to build this city. I want it to be the best. And he's pouring money into this place, doing this place. This is a high, wealthy people from around the Middle East moved to Sephorus, because that was the city. And it was four and a half miles from Nazareth. Matthew 1, 18, Mary was betrothed to Joseph. They would take, once they were engaged, and they'd be engaged for a year. It was a time of training, preparation. Joseph went to prepare a place, usually in his father's house for her, so they could live. Joseph was a carpenter, but we've got it all wrong, because when you look it up in the Greek, there wasn't that many wood carpenters. They were skilled laborers who could even be supervisors in stone, in jewelry. They were very skilled, and to be one of those, you made a very good living. Well, think about Joseph living in Nazareth but all the building is going on in Sephora. Where do you think he's working? Where do you think his Mary's parents were like, Did you see that young man Joseph? That guy's got it together. He comes from a strong family. You see, Mary was dedicated to God's service. She was raised in a godly home. Her father knew and understood the scriptures. She was favored. She was a virgin. She would follow God's will and obey. She didn't say, no, I won't. She said, how can this be? That's why she was chosen. God does not choose accidentally. Amen? Those that are married, look at your spouse and say, I was not chosen for you accidentally. Tell them that right now. In other words, just tell them, I'm not an accident. My question to you this morning is, how are you raising and training your children? Because a lot of the training in the home was done by the Father. Why do I say that? Because less than 4% of millennials are serving Jesus today. Less than 4% of that generation. Only 2.5% of Gen Z's, the following generation, are serving Jesus. We've got a problem coming if we don't start training our children. Mary was there on the day of Pentecost. Point number two, Mary had a heart of humility. Luke 1, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. The angel understood when Mary said, let it be, it was done. That is so cool. Are you in that type of relationship with the Lord? When he comes to you and he wants you to do something, you, you can say, no, not me. But you can say, how can it be? But let it be unto me, as you say. Are we raising our children? Point number three, are you willing to obey? Are you willing to obey? So let's look at Joseph. Verse 18 in Matthew 1 Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, they were sexually pure. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband, Joseph, being a just man, everybody say just, Just. and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. What is this saying? Joseph loved the girl. He was devastated, thinking there's no way you could be pregnant and not have been intimate with somebody else. He was just. He was caring. Not only was he a righteous and merciful man, Whoever was going to become the foster father of Jesus Christ was taking on a monumental task. Think about that, men. You've got the Father God looking at you. Matthew 13, a carpenter. Matthew 13, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not Mary, the mother called Mary? Are they not his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Jude and other translations. In the Greek, carpenter is not a good translation. The word in the Greek is tekton, T-E-K-T-O-N. Defined as a one who makes exquisite furniture, jewelry, mosaic, stonework, or even one who is a building supervisor, which is most likely what this verse is saying. He had skills. He lived in Nazareth. Forest was, was very close. Herod Antipas was the one building pouring money affluent people came from everywhere we know that mary met joseph in nazareth if you go to that city today it's a force the architecture the theater there were banks everywhere the culture was alive, it was beautiful. We know Joseph was faithful, Luke 16, 11. He had been faithful, he had been consistent in his walk with God, and he had great character. He was a just man. In the Greek, that means a righteous man. He loved Mary and did not want to humiliate her. He cared more about her than his own reputation. Come on, ladies. Look for a man that cares more about you than his own reputation. Somebody say amen. Amen. He was merciful, hard worker, skilled. To me, Joseph is a guy that had a heart after God. He was attuned. Matthew 1, 24 and 25. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. But what I even love more about Joseph is Matthew 2, verses 13 and 14. He gets another word from God. Jesus is maybe two years old, and the angel says to him again, get up, take Mary, take the boy, and go to Egypt. Didn't say take all your belongings, didn't say wait and move in a month. And it says that Joseph got up and they went to Egypt. He was a man that was willing to forsake his career, forsake what he was doing. He didn't have a working permit in Egypt. So that means he wasn't going to get to do or maybe make what he was making. But he got up and he went when God spoke. Christmas is awesome. It tells us about the seriousness of following God. Stand with me this morning. I like this other part, when he's allowed to come back. It says in Matthew that they went to Jerusalem to the temple every year. He was a faithful man to make sure Mary and his children did the right thing before God. Men, money's not everything. Your hobbies are not everything. Jesus should be the only thing, amen? Making sure your children, your wife, making sure they understand how much Jesus loves them and how much you love the Lord is so important. Mm. With your heads bowed, Mary and Joseph were highly favored. had good roots. I told my children as they got ready to get married look for that future spouse and look at their parents make sure that they're in church make sure that they're serving the Lord. You want that legacy to continue on look how they treat each other so important and we prayed for that future spouse every day and for their parents to train them in the ways of the Lord. God knew Mary's heart and He knew Joseph's heart. With your heads bowed, God is watching you. Are you faithful? Are you in tune? This Christmas, it's a time to renew and refocus, and realize your hope's not in this world, it's in Jesus. Jesus is waiting on you, with heads bowed. Maybe at one time you were really serving the Lord, but you really feel like, I I really have just walked away from God, or I just... I make no time for Him anymore. Or maybe you're just saying, oh, I'm I'm brand new here today, or I've been coming a while, and I've never committed my life to Jesus. But I realize, I feel that tug on my heart that I need to make Him my Lord and Savior with heads bowed, nobody looking around, believers are praying right now. Would you lift your hand and say, remember me in prayer? I want to receive Christ. I don't want to miss anybody. Yes. Yes, you can put it down. Anybody else? I want to receive Christ. I want him to be Lord of my life. Don't want to miss anybody else. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Just waiting a moment. Maybe by live stream. I don't usually do this, but I just feel like I'm supposed to. Would you just come here? I just feel like God wants to do something mighty in your life. Come here. Come right here. Gotta have some. Gal Shaloy, come and help me pray. Some other gals here, just you face me. I want everybody to say this prayer, invite Christ into their lives. You know, heaven's rejoicing right now. Woo! This is the best Christmas present you can give is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. With heads battered, is there anybody else you're like, man, I know I'm supposed to be up there. I didn't raise my hand, but I need to come up. Would you just come right now with Christians praying? I don't I don't want to embarrass you, but you know what? Sometimes when you step out, you're really saying, it's me. I'm going to make this commitment. Anybody else? Just going to wait a moment. Would everybody here say this prayer with me? Just mean this from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you to be my Savior. Forgive me. You lived a perfect example. Then you went to the cross and you died for my sins. Forgive me, Jesus. Then you rose from the grave so that I could be forgiven. I received my forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Ladies, we just pray for her. If she needs a Bible and any type of help, we want her to give it to her. Lord, I just pray for each one here. Help us to keep focused. Taylor can get her that stuff. Help us to stay focused and realize that we were born for such a time as this, that we are highly favored because we're in Christ That's not a pride or arrogance What that's saying is, God's got a purpose every day for you. Just to be kind to somebody to display that fruit. Lord, bless them. Give them a great week and encourage them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.